To the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got uh, Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How's uh, how's the week been, Tom, since uh, since we last spoke? He has put his fingers up to indicate that he is not quite ready to speak yet. I'm but just I'm readjusting where my mic is. I realised it was in the wrong place. So ah, right. I was okay. just fixing it. Oh, yeah, you sound a lot louder now. That's, yes. That's good. That's I why. I might keep this in. I don't know. But, uh, Please don't. I mean, I know you probably will because it's easier for you to not edit it out. Oh, you see right through me as well. I do. Uh, <laughs> how's things anyway? Things are good. Uh, it is Friday evening when we're recording this. It's obviously Sunday or another day entirely when you're listening to it. Uh, but for us, it is Friday evening. So obviously I've just finished work, which is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to a, a pretty chill weekend uh, ahead of me. Uh, I've got a few, few bits and pieces. I've got I'm maybe running two games this weekend, one or two. But I'm actually going to be starting on Sunday, the Call of the Nether Deep, which is the Critical Role D and D adventure. So I've done some. So it starts at level three. I've yeah. done a couple of level one and two sessions with them just to kind of get them into the characters and stuff. Okay. But we're starting the module proper on Sunday, so I'm really excited about that. And for the first time ever. I realise I'm giving you a lot of a longer answer than you anticipated, but no, this no, this is great. This is content, Tom. Uh, for the first time ever, I bought the module on Roll Twenty, so it's all Ooh, ready it's all, on Roll Twenty. It's all digital. So does that mean all the maps are already there? Yep, oh, all the maps. All the maps are there. All the tokens are there. All the all the actual content is there, so you can actually pull it up and read it. I'm still ordering the book as well because mm. I'm a glutton for punishment and I want to spend you know twice the price for the same product, but uh or it, it's just it's it, it's twofold is one it saves me having to do all the work of actually prepping the thing mm-hmm. which is a lot of work uh i can yeah. tell you for free and two the this ties into something i'm going to discuss a bit later in today's episode the book isn't actually coming out here until the end of april but it's it's officially released and you can get it but because of certain shipping issues at the moment mm-hmm. I'm not getting it until the end of April. So I wanted to run it because it's out and I told my guys we're starting it. And then Amazon updated me and said, oh, BT dubs, you're not getting this until the end of April. Hope you've got content planned for a month. They didn't say that. That'd be a weird message from Amazon. Yeah, that was but, like, Jeff, how do you know? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't really want to postpone for a month. And sure. they're already at the right level for it. So I just bought it on Roll20. I'm going to run it off there until I get the book as well. Right. So that's that's where I'm at. That's my my weekend my my that's weekend it, your week in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So when this episode releases, I will probably be running that game about the same Excellent. time. Hence why yeah. there probably won't be a social media post because I keep forgetting to do those. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's all good. Um, who who's in the campaign? Uh, so it's uh, a bit of a hodgepodge of people, to be honest. I I sort of offered it up to I, I play with quite a few groups, uh, mm. as as you well know. So he I gets around. I do. I'm a hussy of a of a player and a GM. I off, I offered it up to all the groups I was in and said, "This is the campaign I want to do. This yeah. is my plans for it. This is when it's going to run. Who's free and who's interested?" So I've got Ryan, uh, who has been on uh, the the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got 
Colin, who runs a lot of the games I play in, uh, and I've known him since university. I've got uh, Kenny, who I've also known since university, plays in another game that I play in. Uh, and I've got Ian, uh, who's a guy who's actually quite new to me. I kind of know him through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's joined as well. So I've just got the, the four. I like to keep D&D to, to a, a four-player group because I like to give four them Four or five at the most, right? Five is my cap, generally, yeah. yeah. I, I, except when I'm doing the crossover games, in which case, like, nine is my cap. But <laughs> as, a, as a general rule for a campaign, five is my cap. I'll do six for one-shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. My, uh, so I've got there's friends of mine down here uh, in a D&D campaign and they have eight regular players I <laughs> I don't understand that like it it hurts my brain to even think I, about running yeah that as I a mean campaign. I think Michael who's the GM has to do a lot of admin obviously to, to keep it running I think uh, it, it kind of works so because I think there's a lot of sessions where not everyone can attend. So it's... yeah, so I think I don't want to get too off track, right? But I think there's a couple of things. One, if you've got it where one or two people don't turn up every session, you're you're r- running then with like six, maybe seven. That's a little more palatable. Still a lot. <laughs> still a lot, right? Yeah. The thing for me as well. And people who like Critical Role might argue this, but I think with seven players, with even with six players, and certainly with eight players, it's it's so much harder to make sure everybody's getting that chance in the spotlight and getting that bit sure, of story yeah. and stuff. Like I struggle to give people story with like four or five sometimes. You know, like I'll is be that doing maybe is that maybe partly due, due to the player rather than the yes. particular player? Rather yeah, than I have like... I have one or two players who are more engaged with the story than others and will sometimes engage with story that isn't necessarily meant for them uh, because they're so thirsty. They're thirsty for the tale, right? And that's great. That's a good place to be in. But sometimes thirsty, you have for the, to... thirsty for the tale is going to be the name of this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI. Um, that's tale, T-A-L-E. Yes, no, yeah, it's not yeah, a furry exactly. thing, right? No, yeah. <laughs> um... And they're, you know, they just really want to be involved. And that that is great. Um, but yeah, it's it, it can sometimes be frustrating when you're like, this is his story. Shut sh- 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 up, sit down, just wait. Mm. Your time will come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good. Um, so uh, I've uh, I've been gaming this week in, in multiple, multiple different ways. We had our Star Wars game on Tuesday. We did. Um, which was good we've uh, we've landed on this planet uh, we it appears anyway that we've beaten our um our target to this planet as well so we've got some time to prep and get ready for when he arrives um i'm sure that'll all go fine <laughs> when that comes you but... i mean you you got to visit some of the local culture as well you uh, mm-hmm. you visited a a local brothel in as classic role-playing style this Star Wars, this Star Wars film just shot up in the BBFC uh, certificate rating. <laughs> yeah, it really went from sort of you know your uh, your U or or maybe a PG uh, with mm. a bit of bit of the language, and now it's like well up there into like twelve A. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh, we did that. Um, most exciting. I had another game of forty K. This is the most forty K I've I think I've ever played. <laughs> so, That's what. 
four games. No, four games, four games in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, four games in a so couple of weeks. we've got one of our other friends, Matt. We mentioned previously when we were talking about our crusade uh, weekend, he couldn't make it because unfortunately he came down with COVID. So what me and Matt are doing is we're we're playing through a couple of crusade games ourselves. So we just started on twenty five power level. Um, we rolled up the uh, assassinate mission again, and um, <laughs> so he plays Deathwing, so all Terminators, mm-hmm. um, and he's done a great job of painting them as well. I should say because he brought his entire force with him, and he's got like because he's got a land raider and a couple like he's got three dreadnoughts in that army as well. So. It looks fantastic. That's he couldn't good. field any of that, obviously. He, no. he, he didn't field very many models at all, to be honest. Uh, and I thought I would uh, use my Death Guard and get them sort of levelled up a bit so um, so that they can take part if I, fan- if I don't fancy playing my Necrons. Sure. Um, to cut a long story short, uh, my losing streak continues. <laughs> I kind of um, don't want you to cut the story short, to be fair, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, um, so, yeah, that chaplain was super hard to kill and a monster in combat. He's got, uh, Matt gave him a a relic weapon that gets better if he's fighting chaos as well. So, I just got absolutely slapped about by this guy. I did nearly kill him, though. Um, I've got one of my Plague Marines has a, a... it's called a Great Plague Cleaver. It's basically a big old axe. Right. And he nearly managed to take him down. It's interesting. Uh, gone down to one wound. In, in Down to one wound. So in the yeah. Assassinate game I played as well, my leader was down to one wound. It seems to come very close to the wire with these Assassinate games. Yeah, um, well, maybe it's just me. I mean, I kind, of, uh, I mean I kind of flung my Warlord into him as well. Like, just going... Yeah, let's let let's have a, a fight. Oh, oh God! Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, that's Please the way stop. to do it, right? Like warlord on warlord. That's, yeah. that's classic cinematic combat. Absolutely. Um, what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna delve a little deeper. Okay. What do you think is leading to to all these losses, Josh? Probably the fact that I suck at forty k. <laughs> but like that's I mean that's fine. I mean I, I'm. The the way I'm approaching these games is just I'm not thinking too hard about it and just yeah just enjoying it. Yeah, no, that's, still that's there? Good. Fro- Sorry, I, I thought you'd froze for a second, but you were just being very still. Just a very still person. Yeah. You know me. I'm all about calm and peace and uh, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> um, do you want me to lift the ban on your unlucky frog dice? Would that would that help you? <laughs> Next time I play against you, we'll find out if that will help or not. Oh, is that yeah. is that how it is? I have I'll to, save, I have it. to I'll save it for you, sir. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, I know. I, I mean, like I say, I'm not thinking too much about strategy. I'm kind of going, oh, this this will be cool. Let's try that. Um, the thing yeah, is, yeah, just just I'm still enjoying playing. Is the important thing. Like the, the thing is as well. I, I don't think. It, it's fair to understate this, but you you don't really have a history of playing 40k, to my knowledge, in general. Not really. Dabbled a bit when I was a kid, but yeah. that was like third edition, so it so, has changed a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, even though, obviously, the rules have changed, myself, Will, and Matt all have, especially myself and Will, 
have a very, you know, lengthy history with 40k. I mean, I've been playing the game since second edition, and I've played every edition in in some format since then. Albeit, I think one of them sixth maybe. I played like two games, but still, mm-hmm. uh, and that sort of informs army choices. It informs tactics. You know, there's just just things that even though the additions changed, you're fundamentally on a yeah. on a lower level. Not not to take the piss out of you, I'm actually saying, you know, it explains why you're maybe not performing quite as well, because you just don't have that background. But you'll get better. Yeah. It comes with experience, you know, and you're, you'll are you be getting that, that feel for what works, what doesn't work, where your army's strengths are, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's good, and that's only going to come with playing more games. So the fact that you've had four games in as many weeks is uh, is really promising. Yeah, yeah, and we've got we've got another game scheduled for a couple of weeks' time as well. So hopefully, I fare better in this one. Um, so this is a a running joke that I have with a number of different friends actually, and it's I call it secret leveling, and it's basically mm-hmm. you're not doing it, but you kind of are. Uh, it's basically when you start a game with a group of people and you all start at the same level, mm-hmm. and then you have one person who does secret leveling, which is they will level when other people aren't leveling. So it, you find it a lot with like uh, MMOs and stuff. So you'll all start sure. at the same time and you'll play together and you all hit level 20. And then there's always that one guy who is, is a bit of a jerk off in my head who who just like secretly levels. You know, he goes on when no one else is on and, and mm-hmm. clocks in another 10 levels. And then everyone comes back on and he's like, oh, oh, I'm 10 levels higher than you all. Oh, sorry. It's just I had a free Sunday and I thought, why not level up? It's like, well, kind of the point is we did this together. Uh, now, it's different in your context because you are leveling from the beginning. Yeah, whereas... this is exactly part of the reason why I'm not playing as my neck yes. uh, frankly, is just to, to keep it fairly even. Yeah. And also it's to get Matt. Uh, Matt's army up to speed as well. Yeah, no, so. I, I know it's it's a hundred percent legit. It just it made me laugh because I gave Will a hard time about it on Overwatch as well because <laughs> Will and I were were very closely uh, comparative on levels. Uh, mm. Levels mean nothing on Overwatch, right? But we were very close on it. And then one day I came on and Will was like twenty levels higher, even though we played together every week at kind of the same yeah. times. And I was like. What is what this secret leveling BS going on here? Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I'm the higher level one now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, no, that's cool. I'm really glad that you're you're enjoying the games, even though they're not necessarily going in your favour. But I think because we've focused so much on narrative as well, it takes a lot of the sting out of losing. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's just kind of cool to imagine these, you know. The, the uh, terrain that I'd set up as well, I used that uh, Fortress of Redemption. So the, my, in my, my head canon is that is the Dark Angels little base on this planet um, that they've established as well. So it was cool for uh, cool to imagine like this little squad of Death Guard trying to pull off this assassination. Do you know the, really the wrong tools for the job sending in like Nurgle infected Marines, but whatever. I'm saying it takes the sting out of losing. I wouldn't know. Because I haven't lost. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. I'm just not, I've told you I'm not playing any more games. You're just, <laughs> you're retiring from 40k yeah, now. Yeah, I've got a 100% batting average. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm done. I'm out of the game. Nice, nice. Have you, have you have you made any plans to play any more 40k at all then? Or? I don't really have anyone to play with uh, up mm. here. So I would need to kind of go into games workshop and uh 
I say that actually, that, that's a lie. I have quite a few people who I could probably play with. It's just not really crossed my mind to to even discuss it with them. And I know for a fact their armies aren't painted and that sort of spits in the face of what I'm going for here. Yeah. Uh, the thing is as well, I haven't got myself in a position where I can play at home yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I have all my terrain, I have my boards and things, but I would have to put them on the floor because I've not got around to getting a table yet for the living yeah. room. Uh, uh, I've, I've basically designed my living room to be modular uh, mm-hmm. so that the, the sofa that you've seen can move and actually it goes around the TV stand. So then I could put a ta- table, a pull-in table, fold that out, put boards on top of it and have a gaming table in the middle of the living room that yeah. packs away basically and then the living room unfolds back into a living room. Uh, but I've not got around to getting a table yet. So until I get that, I probably won't be playing 40k in Glasgow. I used to, what I used to do was I had two um, wallpapering uh, tables, yep. which uh, did the job, but you had to be very mindful to not lean on them, yeah. because they do not take a lot of weight no. at all. No, they do uh, not. No, I, I don't like them at all, to be fair. They yeah. always make me really nervous. <laughs> we didn't have any disasters, fortunately. Good. That's, that's the good thing. That's good. Um no, I, I will get around to it. I, whether it's that I come back down to Carlisle and I play with you guys again, or I maybe go and see Will, because I've promised him I will visit him at his store, so I'll maybe get a game with him the night I go to see him down there. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. We'll figure something out. But uh, what I have been doing is I've been continuing to work on painting up my, my Death Guard. Uh, They're looking good, man. You've you've, keep... uh, you've, you've posted... Oh, the, the photos that you've posted anyway look neat. So. Yeah, I'm really happy with the Hellbrute that I did. So I, I followed yeah. a couple of guides. So I've, I've got kind of a scheme that I do for armor that I've done across all my Death Guard Marines. Because I have loads of them, but I've not really painted many of them. So that's what I'm working through at the moment. So I use that for the armor on the Hellbrute. Uh, the Hellbrute, for people who don't know, is this kind of big fleshy demon that's then kind of enc- encased in armor. It's like a Chaos Dreadnought type thing. Yeah, it's... it's um, yeah. And... I, I wanted the flesh to look like really putrid, but also really like sore as well. So I followed like these guys to kind of like make the, the like bits where the metal touches the flesh look kind of like uh, really raw, you know, kind of bruised and, and raw. And I'm really happy. It's a simple effect. You know, someone like Ben could, could just piss all over it for want of a better way of putting it. But for me, it's a very nice, very effective, albeit simple way to do it. Yeah. So um, the other thing that has uh, happened to me, in ter- gaming-wise, is um, a couple of weeks ago, a, fr- a, a friend of mine, it's actually uh, one of my best pals down here, Jace, it's his wife, Corinne. Uh, we were out one night and uh, she was asking, so you, you play Dungeons and Dragons, don't you? Yeah, 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 I've been playing it for a while. I really want to have a go. Uh, so... What we've got, we've got a group of four and we might have a fifth person uh, all expressed an interest in having a crack at Dungeons and Dragons. I've never ran a game as a GM, so this is an opportunity for me to have a, a crack at that. Um, but yeah, we've, we've arranged, we're going to run a one-shot game on Easter Saturday, basically, and just to... So that they, those guys get to dip their toe in the water and see if they enjoy it. And uh, frankly, for me, it's to see if I enjoy being a GM or not. Um, 
but yeah, uh, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. And um, what I got, I got given a couple of Christmases ago the Stranger Things D and D starter kit, and it comes with an adventure that it says you'll be able to play through this in one evening. Yeah. So, and a bunch of pre-made characters as well, so that those guys aren't going through all the rigmarole of creating a character for it to not be used ultimately if yeah. they decide they don't like it. So that's that's where I'm at. So Tom, as our regular listeners will be aware, is a uh, long and storied, G- the eternal GM for, for, for our friends. So I was going to ask you, what what are your hints and tips? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? Uh, what, what things might I think might maybe a good idea that I should avoid? That sort of thing. I appreciate I've left that very open end. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, like, I could literally go on about this for hours. So I will try... So buckle in, guys. Yeah. This is the two-hour episode. We're going long. <laughs> no, this is uh, for the sake of brevity. So I think when you're running your first game sessions, especially in the situation that you're going to be in where you're playing with people who aren't familiar with the game at all, mm-hmm. potentially aren't even familiar with role-playing at all, I think my biggest piece of advice is focus on the fun. Don't focus on rules. Don't focus too much on mechanics. Don't focus too much on numbers. They're there. They need to be there. They need to be acknowledged. But I wouldn't stop the game to look up rules as much as you might want to, uh, especially if it's a one-shot, because it doesn't matter what the the repercussions are, uh, you know, down the road, um, because it's not like you're going to kill a character off and then turn around and go, oh, actually, that shouldn't have happened because of X or Y rule. Probably don't want to be killing characters off as well. That's probably a piece of advice I'd give you. Unless you're running Call of Cthulhu uh, mm-hmm. in people's first taste, there's nothing worse than like getting excited and being killed off in the first 10 minutes. Um, so I think for me, I would always say focus on the fun first. If you're... The, the, the tricky thing you're doing is because you're running in a a limited time environment i would plan i would segment your your sure, like scenario so by in my head like if people arrive at six make sure okay we've got like the initial investigation section done by seven yeah and then like okay first dungeon done by like half eight that sort of thing yeah so i would i kind of look at it so say for example you've got a dungeon that's got four rooms in it right it's a small dungeon and i think the stranger things one is, is fairly small i have seen it so i know it's there's, fairly yeah small. there's two two very small dungeons yeah so i would go right okay i'm gonna spend half an hour on my introduction and, and setting it up we'll spend an hour and a half on point one hour and a half on point two and an hour to wrap it up right and that gives you a bit of like playing on on either side you don't need to stick vigorously to it but i would go right we're kind of hitting that you know with 25 minutes in now they're still kind of blabbering i need to sort of urge i need to push them into this next bit yeah, a little sure. bit and you can do that in two ways you can do that in character so if you've got an npc that's there that can say like come on we need to actually go and do this or if it's just a case that you need to go okay guys i'm a bit conscious of time i know this is really cool and i'm really enjoying it but let's kind of move into the next bit mm-hmm. because although that's going to decrease their enjoyment a little bit because you're kind of pushing them out of what they're doing, it's going to have an overall better impact than if you get four hours in 
and mm. they're only two thirds of the way through, and they get an unsatisfactory end because they don't reach that last point. Yeah, you know sure. that cool boss, or whatever it is. Equally to support that, if they are really enjoying something, so maybe you do your introduction, they go into the first dungeon, they're having a whale of a time with the first dungeon, but you're like, holy crap, this is overrunning massively, but they're really enjoying it. Just cut the second dungeon and move on to like the, just move that last encounter over, you know, whatever you need to do to facilitate that as well. So be adaptable, like especially Mm. because you're running a module. Don't think, this was the thing that got me so much in my early days of GMing. I wouldn't run modules because, and this is partially because I'm a bit OCD. I didn't like changing them. I didn't like changing right. what was there. I was like, well, but it's written like this, so it has oh, to be written I, like I, this. I have, I have no problem with doing yeah. that whatsoever. So ruler cool. <laughs> have have no sort of aversions. It's the second you start running a module, it becomes yours, and however that plays up is up to you. Like. Uh, so I've no versions to kind of chopping stuff, changing stuff, moving stuff around to make it cool. Uh, I think you're in a very good position because you are a very positive person in general. So my, my biggest piece of advice for new GMs is just be positive and have fun. And I think there are a lot of people that go into it and they're so apprehensive and they're so nervous and it Mm. comes across and in an ideal world, you will get players that are enthusiastic. And even if you are nervous, they will kind of lift you up with them mm-hmm. because it is a collaborative story experience. So it's not yeah. always all about you. And I think sometimes with new players, especially the GM does have to bear that burden a little bit and does have to be the driving force. They do have to be the positive motivator. You know, yeah. you have to be, when I was a GM, I was, you were the host you know, it was it was usually in your house, so you were having mm-hmm. to set the house up ready for people. You had to have the minis, the models, the boards, the maps. You know, the books. Uh, you know, you you bear a lot of the burden there, and in a, in the very least, in a in a first game, that's not quite as heavy because you don't need a wealth of material, right? Mm-hmm. You just need what's in your your starter set, and I think it's got like maps and things in there as well, which is is really good for you. It 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 doesn't actually. it doesn't. So oh, no. something I because this is going to be a sort of follow on question for from your advice. Is okay, what what supplies should I get? So what, what would you deem essential? What I would say for you that so it doesn't have anything besides the actual content. It's got the it's ridiculous actually because it's in a box. Yeah, but li- literally it's got two two very thin books. Right, like one with the adventure, one with like the basic rules of D and D. Yeah. Five character sheets, and then you get two uh, two miniatures, both of the demigorgon. Yeah. One is painted, one is unpainted, and a bunch of dice. I remember that. That's I was like, it. "Why is there two demigorgons? Why not just?" Yeah, I know. One. It's, it's okay, weird so decision. what I would say then is get yourself a white clean flip mat. Uh, yep. The my personal preference, I really like Pezos ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are really really good. They fold up nice and small. They fold out nicely. Just get a, a simple plain one that's like either grey or sand coloured on it. Yeah. Get yourself some dry erase pens for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're in quite a good position because you've got miniatures. So you could either dig through your miniatures and see what you've got that would be suitable for their models and the enemies. Conversely, if you really want to go fancy, you could go and get like the Bones miniatures, uh, yeah. the D&D Bones. They're not expensive, and you can get like a full adventuring party for about a tenner 
uh, and get the monsters for probably about another five ten quid. So you could fully model it. They won't be painted, granted, but they would be fully modeled for about twenty quid uh, if you really want to go all out. So about thirty quid, you could put on a, a really good game because you'll have your map, your models, and then obviously you've got mm-hmm. dice and things already. So that that depends how extreme you want to go. If you don't want to go that way, there's nothing wrong with just tokens. Like you know, I've yeah, I frequently use like je- different colored gemstones for characters and monsters back in the day before I had like uh, range of inches. I played a game with coins where everybody used like I, I'm the pound coin, you're the fifty p coin. Yeah. You know, it it really doesn't matter. And if you really can't be bothered with that, you can just go theater of the mind. Fifth edition, in my opinion, is a system that is catered to maps, but not to the extent that Pathfinder and Fourth Edition are. You can get away yeah. with Theatre of the Mind to a degree, uh, but I find for new players, maps tend to give them something to kind of fo- focus on uh, and keep the combat kind of contextual. But try not to let it get too wargamey, where you know they're yeah. focusing on that. I'll move my piece five. I hate that. Like as soon as someone says I'll move my piece, I'm like I'm I'm done. Game's done. Game's off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like that, but in my head I yeah. am. Um, you want them to focus on their character, and if if they're like wave rules as well, you know, if if you've got someone who's like, oh, I want my guy to run into this guy and chop him with a sword, and you look mm-hmm. at it and it's like, oh, that's seven squares. He's actually got six squares of movement. Just be like, yep, sure. You run in, you yeah. smack him with a sword. You know, it, just focus on fun for your first session is, mm-hmm. is the biggest piece of advice giving because if someone enjoys the game, they will come back to it. Yes. If they don't, they won't. And the thing is, they're not going to go into that game, right? And you run an amazing game, you blow everyone's socks off and it's the best game they ever have. You get to the end and they go, yeah, okay, that's that was really good fun and I really enjoyed it, but you didn't apply a disadvantage on that goblin's second <laughs> attack when he was fighting around the court. Like, nobody yeah. does that, right? Like some players do that when they're ten years into the hobby and they have mm. a beard on their neck and you know things have gone sideways in their life. But for the most way, most part, uh, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> for the most part, people don't don't do that. So yeah. yeah, I would definitely say focus on the fun is the best piece of advice, and then everything else will will come in behind it. Yeah. No. No. Uh, sound advice. Uh, to be fair, sound advice. I mean, uh, so I have read. Obviously, I've read through the the adventure. Yep. So I've got an idea on what miniatures I'm going to do. Miniatures because they're cool. Yeah. Um, it's troglodytes. Loads of troglodytes in this one. Yeah. So I vaguely remember it. Yeah, I, I will source them and a trestle hydra. It would be cool to have a miniature for the final boss. Don't as well. know if that has a miniature. It it's probably bizarre. doesn't. It's quite a weird. Yeah, it's a bit obscure. Monster. Yeah. You never know. I'll though. have a look. I'll find. I'll find it somewhere. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure someone's three D printed it or something. Um, now, at the risk of getting ahead of myself, I have thought. Okay, how am I gonna? What, what will I do if uh, they do want to run a campaign? Um, so we had a bit of a chat last Friday about what they would be interested in. Um, in my mind, I'm going to one stick more or less. To doing an established adventure mm-hmm. uh, and like wizards have done like a dozen of them for fifth edition probably more probably more yeah uh, but i i kind of went through some of the ones that i was going to be interested in running and like the sort of three that i'm gravitating towards are water deep dragon heist um tomb of annihilation 
Tom shakes his head. We'll come to that in a moment. I suspect I know why you're shaking your head for that one. Uh, the one I really want to do uh, is Curse of Strahd. Um, partly because it sounds like such a really cool setting. It's one of the players, uh, Doug, uh, has played D&D before, but back when it was advanced D&D in the 80s. Okay. So um, I think that would be a cool throwback because that's when Curse of Strahd was first released, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, from what I understand, they they have tried to keep it in line with the original adventure as well. Oh, it's very true to its origins, yeah, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, I, have, uh, I still have my old Warhammer Fantasy Undead Army, so I will already have a lot of the miniatures for it as well. Um, and I'll have an excuse to buy some new because uh, you can buy like all the notable NPCs as miniatures, yeah, as well, including Strad himself, of course, which would be awesome. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation, I've been told, is very difficult and very unforgiving. It's very so meat the... grinder. It's not a good one for new players, in my opinion. Right. It's it's very challenging. It's it's a dungeon crawl as well for the the mm-hmm. most part. You know, it is a a, a big meat grinder of a dungeon uh with some other stuff but uh yeah every everything that i've seen about tomb annihilation i've heard it's really good fun if you're in for that um and if your players are like yeah we don't care about dying like we just want you know action and you know stuff like that great you know battering uh dragon heist is very well regarded uh and is very well reviewed as well um Mm -hmm. and i've heard very good things about that it's also got a slightly modular nature to it because you choose the GM chooses kind of certain elements to it. I won't say anything yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening, but there's there's a bit of GM choice in there which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. Strad, I would say, is if your players are interested in it, if they're into gothic horror and they're interested in that, and they like like mystery and mm-hmm. uh, obviously uh, sort of the thriller environment and stuff like that, hundred percent go in on it. What I will say. With Curse of Strahd is do one of two things. Well, do one thing and then do one of two things after that. Don't play the intro bit of it. The Death House. Yeah. The notorious Death House, which I've like the first it's the first thing that comes up when you start Googling Curse of Strahd is a series of people just go, Don't do the Death House. Yeah. It's awful. Don't don't do the Death House. Either run something else to get your players up to the starting level. Which might be a good shout for you, to be fair, because mm-hmm. you're getting these guys used to it. So just a bit more kind of exposure to non-campaign stuff. Or just start them at the level that it starts at. But with your guys being a bit newer, I'd maybe go for the... I would like to start them at level one so that they can get... Because that's a good way of learning how your character no, definitely. works, right? Yeah, you, you, you start at the very basic... And then you learn how leveling up works, and then it slowly gets a bit more complex. So I would um, look at some of the material that gives you like one to three content. So you've got stuff like Tales from the Yawning Portal has a nice adventure in there that leads you into to sort of level one to three. Uh, yeah. The great thing about Curse of Strahd is you can kind of go into it from anything, uh, because you basically walk through the mists of Barovia and... So, uh, one thing that I've heard someone suggest is do Dragon Heist and then do Curse of Strahd. I don't know what level... I think Dragon Dragon Heist gets you up to level 5, does it? I I don't know what level Curse of Strahd starts proper, but I think that might be a bit too high. Uh, Um, You need to double check it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing, right? It's all it's all modular, mm-hmm. so I can I can in theory have them go in at level five and just figure out a way of cutting to that bit of the story. Mm, I'd be careful with that. Uh, right. Not because it's not doable, but because you are creating a lot of work for yourself at a very early stage of your GMing GM. journey, and you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. And the thing is, with modules, they are written with the intent that you get the full exposure, right? And like Death sure. House is removable. It is a module, a modular element. But a tutorial mission, as I've heard it described as, <laughs> but it, a tutorial mission that tries really hard to kill and you. Usually succeeds. Uh, no, you you kind of want to go. Uh, you want to follow the story, I would say, and kind of go in it. You could maybe get away with a level higher, and that might actually be a bit more forgiving for your players as well if they're not as yeah. experienced. But once you start to go over that, they're going to start kind of curb stomping encounters, and you don't want that, especially in horror, because you kind of want that tension. Uh, and that element of, of fear. And if you set that expectation going in, it's going to be hard to kind of claw that back as you as you move through it. Um, so, I mean, it's something to have a look at. Uh, and I can certainly, you know, talk to you about that off, off air yeah. uh, and help you and support you on that as well. I mean, conversely, is there a particular adventure path that you would really recommend? I've never run them. Uh, I've, I've never run a fifth edition adventure oh, path right. uh call of the nether deep is my my first time running one i well i tell a lie i i ran the starter kit uh the D and I think it was like D starter set it's called or something that has an adventure in it uh which i think takes you like level five or six uh which is really good uh um, oh is this the one with the ice dragon that's essentials uh ah, the right. the starter set is a green dragon i think yeah. Both are dragons. You know, they're very true to their name of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yes. Here's a dungeon, and this is a dragon. <laughs> I really enjoyed that because it gives you a fully mapped out town. It tells you about everybody in the town, so it's really easy to role play out. You have like a couple of little dungeon missions that you go off on and do. And it, it's a very nice kind of exposure journey where it sort of shows mm-hmm. you uh, what happens at level one, what happens at level two, stuff like that. Sure. But I think. If you've got players who are interested in stuff, because it's always about your player buy-in as well, is, Mm -hmm. okay, guys, I'm going to run a campaign. Here's, like, session zero or even pre-session zero. What what are you guys excited about? What do you want to do? And you'll get a lot of, eh, eh, don't know, uh, because I've no idea what I'm doing. You'll get a lot of people who get choice paralysis who are like, ah, there's so much, I don't know. So then what I do in that choice, and you've experienced this, is I go, these are the three things I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. Here's what they're about. Which one do you like? And then I go by majority. Unless somebody vetoes something and goes like, I absolutely don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, then I'll go by majority and go, okay, that's what we're going to do. And then we go and we do it. So I would do that if I were you, to be honest. I would mm-hmm. say like, these are the, these are the three that I'm looking at. I'd probably take two annihilation out there. These are the two I'm looking at. This is what I like about this one. This is what I like about this one. Um, if we do this one, we'll we'll do something else that leads into it because it starts at levels whatever, or we can do this one. What what do you guys like? And they'll go, I like that because it's got this. I like that because it's got that. Blah 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 blah, uh, and then go and do it. And that's that's yeah. it. You know, you want people's buy-in. You want people to be excited. You want that enthusiasm kind of mm-hmm. running through. Uh, and that's yeah. that's you. You're golden. Yeah. That's well. I mean, I I'm starting to get ahead of myself because. For all I know, they will try it and they will all hate it. Mate, I do this so, all the time. 
all the time. I go, I'm going to run an adventure, guys. We're going to, we're going to, and, and you've seen this as well. I'm like, oh, guys, yeah. I'm running Dragon Age. Let's try Dragon Age. And we play one session and I go, cool. I've got 30 sessions planned <laughs> of mm. Dragon Age. And we only end up playing five of them. Uh, and it sometimes, sometimes that works out. You know, I've, I've run campaigns that have gone to the length of what I actually planned out for them at the start. Mm. And that's amazing. That is really satisfying. But conversely, I've planned out stuff that has never even seen a fifth of the content I planned. Yeah, bit a bit like uh, a bit like relationships. I bet the majority of D and D campaigns end before they're supposed to. So <laughs> it's a really dark spin on that, but sure. I, am I wrong? <laughs> so I'm I'm conscious that we've gone a little bit long, but there is something I quickly okay. want to touch on that is unrelated, and I, I mentioned this at the start of the episode. Um, oh yes sorry forgive me no no it's okay it's okay i yeah. could talk about D for hours uh mm-hmm. as i'm sure you and our listeners know um so i i received an order today which i was really excited about i got yes. my first marvel champion set in a while uh i got the hood I'm glad you said in a while because that was sounding like an uh, like a the one of the most barefaced lies i've ever heard <laughs> what is marvel champions no i got i got my first uh, set in a while which is the hood mm-hmm. which is a villain expansion uh based on mm-hmm. the hood uh, who is a yes. character who is really obscure until recently, and he just seems to have exploded into the the continuity real hard. Like someone at Marvel has gone, like we're putting a push on this guy, um, <laughs> and I don't even like him that much. Like he's fine, mm-hmm. but I got it because it's an expansion, and I want to get them all. And I have two more on the way. I have War Machine and I have Vision, the two hero sets mm-hmm. for them. Now I have a I have a Morn to have, and it, it kind it. of relates to champions, but it also relates to. D&D and a lot of other things as well. Mm-hmm. These sets came out months ago. And I right. mean months ago. War Machine came out months before I even moved house, mm-hmm. uh, which was last year. I actually ordered War Machine to my last house as a pre-order. And it took so long that it arrived after my Royal Mail redirect, which when it got lost in the post... Which meant I had to order it again, so I had to pay for this thing twice because of how long it took for the goddamn. Did you not get a refund? No, because the company—that's a whole other thing. The company are being asses about it because they're saying it's my fault because I ordered it to an address I'm no longer at, and blah blah blah. Um, that's the whole thing. But Yikes. yeah, I just—I wrote it. It's twelve quid, right? I'm not gonna—I'm okay. not gonna go to bat for twelve quid, um, and it's so frustrating because it's just happening prevalently so like D is actually a fairly minor like the, the call of the nether deep is like a, a month behind okay. when it came out yeah. in the us which is still bad compared to where it was a few years ago when we got it the same day mm-hmm. um but it's not as bad as the next example i'm going to give you which is there is a marvel legendary expansion that's come mm-hmm. out called messiah complex which is based around uh cable uh, who you might remember if you ever watched the the animated x-men series uh yeah. and a few other oh, he's in deadpool too isn't he, he is in deadpool as well yeah yeah uh yeah. and a few other characters as well uh which is a set i'm really excited about for legendary came out last year tail end of last year mm-hmm. is coming out in the uk in october Ten months after wow. it's released in the US. And again, these like a couple of years ago, they did come out a little later, but it was like weeks. It was a matter of yeah. weeks. And I'm just I'm pissed. Like I'm I'm I can tell. super annoyed yeah. about it because I understand that there are 
logistical issues with mm-hmm. with shipping and things. But to this extent that it's taking 10 months for a supply to get from the US to the UK, and it's not just the UK as well, it's impacting mm-hmm. other parts of Europe and stuff. And this isn't to do with, you know, things in Russia. This isn't to do, this has been going on now for months. Yeah. It's so, so frustrating because I'm on a lot of communities with these things and I see mm-hmm. people with them in the US enjoying them and talking about them and theory crafting. And by the time I get them, I want to talk about them. Three other f***ing sets have come out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So I just wanted to have a rant about that because it's as much as I'm really excited that I finally got this hood set and I'm getting War Machine and I'm getting Vision and, you know, I'll get to play with them or at least look at them in person uh, until I get someone to play them with. It's so frustrating. Like, yeah, and and I don't. I've I've looked into it, and I don't really under. No one seems to be able to give a clear explanation of exactly what is causing the issues. Whether it's a supply and demand thing, mm-hmm. whether it's logistics, whether it's Brexit, whether it's you know any number of various things, fuel, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really a first world problem. But my God, is it an annoying one for a hobbyist? Yeah, no, I feel your pain, man. Yeah, I do. and it. Um, it does. It is one of the few times I will say. It leans me towards digital products, right? And yeah. I can't do that with like the card stuff. They don't mm-hmm. not officially anyway. There's no, you know, there's no official way to play Champions or Legendary. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a Legendary game, but it's garbage. Uh, to play those digitally, um, mm-hmm. but like with the D and D books, at least you can get the digital versions. Yeah. Either from D and D Beyond or or through Roll20 Direct for setting them up. But I like tangible things, especially when it comes to like D&D books and obviously for cards and stuff. Like I just feel there's, there's something almost, and this is going to sound a bit cheesy, but almost just a bit magical about the actual book. You know, you can smell it, you oh, can touch I, it. I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is why I'm collecting the 40k codices. I certainly don't have any plans to run all of those, or every single army yeah. that the game has to offer. It's just, it's nice to have. Yeah, you know? 100%. Um, so yeah, that, that's just kind of my my little gripe this week. Mm-hmm. Um that it's it's very frustrating and and if anybody else is in the same boat with any kind of board games or uh if you're like me and you get any of these games that just don't seem to be available i, I feel you man mm-hmm. i'm right there with you you feel better for having your right i do now. I feel a lot better good. good i'm glad i'm glad you can go enjoy your weekend i was so happy the postman came to the door uh and like yeah. he had the box and i was like a kid at christmas like yes. I opened it and I saw he had the box and I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> it's like took it. Did off. you actually make that noise? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, excellent. I had no shame. Uh, <laughs> ran back upstairs and opened it up and I was like, "Excellent! There's going to yeah. be some cards leaving in my future." Excellent, excellent. Right. Well, before we go, guys, uh, just a weekly reminder that we have our Patreon. Uh, the link will be below. Uh, you can donate as little as a pound or a dollar per month, and it all ha- all helps with uh, paying the various subscriptions that we've uh, we've got to pay to keep this all running. Keeps the lights on. Yes, as we like to say. Um, and uh, if you can't do that, then give us a like, share, subscribe, and the usual calls to action uh, on social media as well. Thank you. And on that note, 
I think that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.